We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, another day of training camp down, and we're here to recap it with you guys all and everything there is about training camp. Just wanted to say once again, it was another very hot one out there today. There's a lot going on with uh, the temperatures and everything, and I think Zach Kiefer even mentioned it several times, stating that, uh, Stephen Hol uh, Holder was basically stating, damn, it's really hot out here, he says, as we stand in another 100-degree heat day. And Joel Erickson went and said, what? This isn't hot. He pointed out that he covered the Saints camp for years. So, of course, you know, uh, Erickson probably has a lot more, uh, has had a lot more uh, opportunity to be in that kind of heat. So, it was a it was a long day again for the heat and everything. Hope everyone out there was safe today. But anyway, let's get into uh, the news here. So uh, first off with the kickers, it started with the kickers today. Uh, four field goals from increasing distances. So Rodrigo Blankenship went two for four, missing on his second attempt in the last attempt. I think one was 44 yards and the other one was 53. And then... Jake Verretti uh, is three of four missing the last attempt. So Verretti again having, I think Verretti that both kickers have had nine field or have had uh, nine field goals uh, so far in camp, Cody, from what we've heard. And uh, Blankenship is, I think, seven of nine and Verretti is eight of nine. So, I mean, does it, Make you, I mean, I know we don't really touch too much on the kickers nowadays, but you know, Jake Verretti has been more accurate in the kicking game so far to start camp. Is that a bad sign for Rodrigo? Well, I mean, I think the thing that you've noticed is, you know, uh, Verretti compared to Blankenship, Verretti's leg is so much better and so much bigger. Not that Blankenship doesn't have a decent leg, but you know, it's just like, what would you rather go with? Would you rather go with more of the experienced guy or would you rather go with, you know, the guy that has probably a little bit, honestly, a little bit more upside, more of that boomer type of leg, um, like, you know, the Pat McAfee's of the world and stuff like that. So, you know, I kind of look at it as like, this might be a competition that's a little bit more close than a lot of people would want to admit, especially people from Rodrigo Blankenship's camp. But, 
I honestly think, yeah, it's it's going to come down to, you know, this next couple of weeks are going to be huge for both these guys because I don't think by any stretch a hot rod job is safe. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see, you know, both these guys just continuing to, uh, you know, have some makes, have some misses and just kind of work it out. And it doesn't seem like anybody's necessarily separated themselves at this point. Ultimately, it's going to come down to, you know, the, tr- the preseason, the rest of training camp, things like that. But I think Veretti definitely is a guy that that can hit it from that long distance. And I think if you're making me choose, Derek, I'd probably rather go with that. You know, a guy that a little bit younger, a little bit more inexperienced, but can hit those longer field goals, especially because you're going to need to have a weapon. You already have a weapon in Rigoberto Sanchez. You're going to need to have a weapon at some point, you know, whether it's regular season or whether it's, you know, playoff time. I mean, you even talk about like, you know, when the Colts made their run to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, what do they need? You know, they needed Adam and Terry in that Baltimore game to make five field goals, and he did it. So all that to say, um, the kicking battle is definitely one to watch. And I definitely think Jake Ferretti, you know, from when he came into camp to now, I think he definitely has more than a puncher's chance to maybe steal that job from Hot Rod, especially if, if Hot Rod's not necessarily having the type of camp he had last year. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting battle nonetheless. I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out. But uh Ready right now, man. Is he's a wild card to, in a, I think, a dark horse to potentially steal that job away. Absolutely, a chance. Uh, going into the one-on-one drills today uh, was really just more about Alec uh, Pierce and Naheem Hines. Uh, Pierce was working on Brandon Faceon for the majority of the day, and Hines was just getting a couple different routes as well. Uh, Alec Pierce, I mean, if anyone hadn't seen it, there's the video on the channel, uh, of that catch that Alec Pierce had in the one-on-ones. And then for the start of seven on sevens, um, Michael Pittman, again, getting involved early. I mean, it really seems Cody that Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman have really been finding each other a lot in the last few practices, ever since the pads have come on. Pittman has really started to separate himself from the rest of this group. We talked about Paris Campbell. We talked about Alec Pierce. We talked about Ashton Doolin getting involved, but like from a consistency, from a consistency standpoint and how much more elevated their play is all signs point to Michael Pittman being the clear and odd out number one favorite versus everyone right now. Yeah. He's, he's really started to bully some of these DBs from what we've heard. And and that's a great sign, you know, cause uh, we all want Michael Pittman and we expect him to take that next step to be the solidified number one wide receiver. And there's still people out there who say he's not a number one wide receiver. You know, even Colts fans say he's not a number one wide receiver. So great to see Pittman continuing to stack on good days on good days and definitely developing that connection with Matt Ryan early because that's going to be a connection that I think is going to be a pretty good one for Indianapolis this year. So it's great to see already only a couple weeks into camp that Matt Ryan's finding his favorite target in Michael Pittman. So very excited to see how they continue to build their, you know, chemistry amongst each other and, you know, what that looks like, you know, come Sundays and and everything else. And especially if they do play what it means on Saturday. So yeah, uh, obviously a really, really great uh, sign to see Pittman and Ryan developing that chemistry now. And then for the second stringers uh, for the seven on seven, Desmond Patman and Nick Foles hooking up for a deep completion. So it, it looked like from when I first started looking at these reports, it really felt like the offense was off to a much better start, especially in the seven on sevens than what they were 
uh, at the beginning of yesterday's practice. Uh, so we'll see how that continues to go. But uh, uh, the big one is, is Matt Ryan was intercepted today for the first time in the 11 on 11. So seven on seven, again, you can, seven on sevens are completely different. You know, you're, you're running routes, obviously. You're running the same routes that you normally would, but obviously the pace of it is different and how you observe it is completely different. So, you know, being intercepted in seven-on-sevens is not as much of a big deal, but it was the first time Matt Ryan was intercepted. Apparent miscommunication with Ashton Doolin lead, leading to an overthrow and diving pick for Julian Blackman. Uh, I mean, I got to tell you, man, Julian Blackman has really started to look very similar to the guy that we saw his his rookie year. Yeah, everybody's talking about how Blackman's looked absolutely sensational in camp, and that's exciting. You know, you know, definitely, uh, we 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 saw him early, kind of putting in work earlier in the off season. We're like, man, this dude, he is a fast healer, and and he definitely right away, you know, is already making an impact, kind of an impact that we saw him make his rookie season and then a little bit into his second year before he got injured. So yeah, Julian Blackman, man, he, he's a ball hawk. He's always around the ball. He's always making plays and it's great to see him, you know, thriving in this new defense that, you know, with under Gus Bradley, Ron Miles, you know, Mike Mitchell and those things seems like it's enabling him to do some of those things and build on some of those things that he was doing in his first couple of years. So really excited for him. I'm also talking about another miscommunication. It looked like, Today, uh, there was a couple miscommunications on 11 on 11 that led to Matt Ryan actually being picked off twice. Uh, yeah, it was in that time, first two-minute drill that Dallas Flowers ended up picking him off. Yep. Yeah, so Matt Ryan today was 11 of 19. Um, had a couple drops still uh, from a couple guys. So, you know, they still got to clean some things up as well. Um, but, yeah, it, it looked like, uh, you know, some guys that, like like Michael Pittman had a drop today, which was interesting. Uh, so a couple, still some, some rust that the Colts offense seems yes. to be kicking off so far in the back. Yeah, it's, especially. it's been bad. The drops this week have been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, we obviously saw, I think last practice, there was at least five. And then today there was at least another three. Uh, the offense did not get it going any better throughout the rest of the day, uh, for the red zone series for the first team. Oh, DeForest Buckner tipped a pass. Brandon Faison knocked a touchdown away from Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman dropped a touchdown. So, you know, the defense ended up uh, winning that drive and, but Kiki QT ended up converting on a one-handed touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. That was the one big touchdown play that they had from uh, the passing offense. And like we stated before, Dallas flowers intercepted Matt Ryan in the two minute drill. Then the second, uh, second series that they had, Drive stalled at the 14-yard line where Ashton Doolin dropped a touchdown pass. Blankenship ended up making the 29-yard field goal. So the the only other big play that you could say from the 11-on-11s, uh, Jonathan Taylor had a 55-yard touchdown run today. Um, Danny Pinter apparently had an amazing seal block out in front of the play, and it just allowed uh, Jonathan Taylor to just run free. So that was the one big play. So you kind of get under the assumption that, you know, again, some reason the offense just was not in sync with each other today. Thankfully, it, it's still early in camp. You still have time to figure that out. So obviously better to get these situations figured out now than later. But I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like uh, the offense is 
moving at its best uh at its best pace right now. Yeah, and also Paris Campbell was out today, so mm-hmm. you know, he had a little bit of hamstring issue. Of course, everybody uh, when they saw that, they're like, "Of course, blah blah blah." I hate when I see that. It's just like, guys. And also, by the way, for anyone that wonders, Gus Bra- or not Gus Bradley, Marcus Brady specifically stated that there's nothing to worry about, and Paris is going to practice on Wednesday. So for anyone that says, "Oh my God, Paris Campbell gone forever," no, he's literally just stopped. He did individual drills. Didn't do the team drills. He's going to be at practice on Wednesday going all out. Okay. So everybody chill out before we jump the gun on that. Yeah. But it's yeah, funny. It, it seems like, and Nate Atkins brought it up very well, said that pads seem to have changed the equation on these young wide receivers. Seems as though the, the young wide receivers outside of, you know, occasionally Paris Campbell and occasionally Michael Pittman just seems like these, these more experienced corners are starting to finally get in the heads of some of these players because they're starting to be a lot more physical and a lot more aggressive in that aspect. I mean, what do you think of the young receivers really struggling uh, through the uh, use of the pads now? I'm not surprised one bit. I mean, this Colts defense is physical. That's probably why you see a lot more drops because, you know, they're expecting and, and there there is that intimidation factor, right? That like you're going to get hit whether you hold onto the ball or not. So, I mean, for this for this offense with all these young guys, I'm not surprised that they're struggling at all, which is why I think furthers the need, in my opinion, to look for a veteran wide receiver out there. A guy, you know, because the defense, they have so many veteran guys out there right now in their secondary I mean, they have the McLeods. They have, you know, the Stephon Gilmores and the Kenny Moores, where the wide receivers, they have Pittman, and he's not even really considered a veteran. You know, um, he's only been in the league. This will be the year number three. He's not even off of his rookie contract yet. So, yeah, I mean, overall, not surprised by that at all. Um, I think ultimately it will help this offense become better eventually. But the fact that they're really struggling this week, I'm not super surprised because the physicality takes it to the next level. But it is still encouraging to hear like guys like Alec Pierce are still having, you know, a couple nice catches here and there. And even now, maybe more, some more clarity on the number five wide receiver with Kiki Kuti. Talked about he had another strong day. He's had two back to back really strong days as well. Um, so all that to say, I'm not shocked that these young wide receivers are struggling because this is a very crafty and experienced DB room out really outside of Isaiah Rogers um, and, you know, Nick Cross, obviously, and Julian Blackman. I mean, there's a lot of that experience here that I think is serving them well right now. Ultimately, I think in the at the end of the day, this will be really good for these wide receivers and these tight ends to go against a really established secondary. Um, it'll help them get better, but there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some lumps, um, and you just got to work through that. You got to press through that. You got to continue to you know do what you got to do um, and learn from the mistakes. And so ultimately, it may not look great right now, and some fans may be like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, our offense is looking terrible. But this is the point of practice, right, to get better. And you can Mm -hmm. only get better by going against guys that sometimes are going to kick your butt. And that's what it seems like it's happened the last couple days. So, I mean, ultimately, I think this will be good for them. Though, Obviously, I think tomorrow they do have off. So, you know, they'll look at some film. They'll they'll, they'll learn some things. They'll grow from this, ultimately, I do feel like. And, you know, definitely having a vet like Matt Ryan in the room is going to help these guys tremendously. Um, Because they were kind of, you know, I think maybe they they were getting a little bit like feeling good about themselves because – Everybody was talking about all oh, these young wide receivers and tight ends. They're standing out. Well, not the case this week so far. So I think it's a little bit humbling for them. And ultimately, it'll be good for them. Yeah. And of course, when you're facing 
a new defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley and how you're wanting this new scheme to look and being more aggressive than what it has been in the past. I mean, of course it's going to get to a couple guys and you're right. They just gotta, they gotta adjust. And I still feel confident in Matt Ryan's ability and Marcus Brady and Frank Reich's ability to get this offense going. It's obviously a little worrisome because you obviously want to see it. But then again, this Colts inexperienced wide receiver core is going up against a really solid defense right now that Indianapolis has even missing their best player still is going up a very, uh, against a very solid defense. So absolutely give it a little bit more time, but Ogletree continuing to make physical catches today. Uh, Patman had another good day today. So that's great to hear Patman also getting involved. Nate Atkins also reporting Gus Bradley talking about in our defense, the three most dangerous words are I've got it said he's stressing, he's stressing the details before each snap so they can take the scheme to a new level over time. And I mean, you're already kind of seeing it now, Cody, right? Like, I mean, you're already in camp seeing with the addition of these new players and what they provide you and how you can run this scheme now feeling confident in the kind of guys you have around you. I mean, they're talking about this being a new level over time, but I mean, like even just these last, this last week that we've seen, like if this defense is any indication of what it could be, and then they're hoping to take it to another level. I mean, this defense, this defense is going to create some havoc for some offenses. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, this defense, I mean, I think it's it's looking fantastic already. Like these guys seem like they're feeding off each other, and that physicality that they bring, you know, they, they've brought it this year so far. Like it just seems like some of the guys, like I don't know why, like Bobby Okereke for some reason to me just seems more ferocious this year. He just seems more like a man who's just playing with reckless abandon almost, you know. And that's what this defense needs. They need more of that physical kind of play from their linebackers. Um, and guys, keep in mind, you talked about this yesterday, Derek. They're doing this without Shaquille Leonard out there. Yes. He hasn't played one snap in training camp, and the defense is playing lights out so far. So yes. tremendous experience for some of these young guys, you know, like the EJ Speeds, um, even the JoJo Domans, who's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he's going to make the final 53, man. Great experience for these guys. It's great to see that these guys are just standing out. And even some of the young guys, like the Eric Johnson, had another nice day today in camp. Um, he's continuing to stand out. So, like, a lot of these young guys on the defense seem like they're really starting to come into their own. And that's going to be great because um, you're going to have to play a lot of really high-powered offenses this year. If this defense can continue to keep up the tempo and bring the juice, I think it's really going to go well for them this year. But they got to keep it up, man. No days off like they talked about. Like you got to just continue to bring that intensity every single day. And eventually, hopefully, the offense will rise to the occasion too. Yeah. And you know, when they need to make plays, they will. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Facing a defense like this week in and week out, it's only going to make them better, uh, the offense better going into uh, the regular season. Because like we said, iron sharpens iron, right? You're facing this really good defense, and it's only going to get better for each side as we go on. Uh, a few other things. Zach Kiefer also brought up Granson improving his stock. Another solid day with several catches. I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it yesterday. I know Granson had one drop but it was also a contested one and it was a really low throw. But Granson, like from a tight end standpoint yesterday, to me, seemed like had the best day. And apparently today, Granson again having the best day from the tight end standpoint. And he mentioned he's getting better by the week. I mean, 
that's that's great for us to hear, right, Cody? Because we've been hearing everybody say Granson hasn't been doing great. Where does that impact him on this roster? We're wondering, is it going to get better for him? And then sure enough, over even just this week, has really started hot, really hot this week. So that's got to feel really good for Granson. I feel like right now, you know, he's probably uh, tied in number two. That might surprise some people, but like, I mean, he's been better than Jelani Woods so far from yes. all what we've heard. So I think right now he's your number two tight end, you know, and it's great to see him continuing to improve. It's going to take a little bit of time for him and Matt Ryan to kind of form that, you know, bond, but they definitely have, it seems like he's starting to find him and he's starting to prove himself reliable out there and he's starting to limit the drops a little bit more. So yeah, it's great to see Granta starting to gain some more confidence out there. Obviously friend of the show as well. So we wish him the best, but I think he's going to be a factor this year for this Colts offense. I'm really excited to see. Um, it's great that Matt Ryan and him are already starting to build that trust up with each other. So yeah, really excited to see that from the tight ends. And I think right now it's still him and Jelani Woods for that you know tight end two battle right now. But I think I'd put Granson based off of his recent success, probably slightly ahead of Jelani Woods at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Uh, one last thing, talking about the questions on the O-line, D-line. Uh, Obviously, we're going to learn more about it through the preseason games, what we have coming up these next few weekends, and obviously, as training camp continues to go along. But you and I have continuously seen Pryor being the the left tackle, the starter, and then Pinter at right guard. We kind of assumed that right before camp even started. Uh, Zach's basically stated, barring any injury, he'd be highly surprised if it changes at all. Uh, what do you think? You think that's going to probably end up being the starting rotation for week one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's no question to me. Matt Pryor is going to be your starter right away. I mean, he's gotten all the snaps at left tackle. Like it hasn't even been like a like for example, like with Nick Cross and uh, Rodney McLeod, it's been more of a mixture. Yeah, yes. but like with Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor, it's been all Matt Pryor. It hasn't really been a competition. So to me, there's really only a couple positions that are still like up in the air. At this point, I think really at this point for me, I would say tied into what we talked about and maybe maybe just the strong safety position, obviously kicker as well. Um, those are like honestly the three. I honestly think Isaiah Rogers is cute, is, is cornerback too at this point. It seems like Brandon Faison hasn't been making as many splash plays or really any plays in camp so far. So yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think clearly when it comes to left tackle, Matt Pryor is going to be your week one starter. And there's really... Not much that I think will change that unless prior just all of a sudden starts just stinking it up, you know? So, yeah. and basically what we've seen so far through the uh, this week, uh, Matt Pryor is having his best week so far through the first two days of blocking Yannick Ngakwe. So, uh, we'll have to see how that continues. Is there any other information that you picked up that I didn't? Um, let's continue. I, I just want to, oh, this was an interesting comment. Uh, Philip Rivers actually talked about, um, he um he said that uh Gus Bradley, I guess, said that he had talked uh to Philip Rivers and he gave a ring and endorsement for Julian Blackman, which I think was interesting for sure. Uh and he's really, really excited about uh his impact on the defense. He says, You can feel Julian Blackman back there. You know, his presence helps this defense tremendously. And I think we could say that as well, Derek, because we saw the impact of the loss of a Julian Blackman last year. That was just an interesting quote that Philip Rivers, he only had one year with him, and he pointed out Julian Blackman specifically was a guy that like really stood out to him. 
yeah, I mean, it, we all saw it. I mean, we all saw it in 2020, just how much different the Colts defense was with Julian Blackman back there creating those big plays and the big moments. So you're right. I mean, from a, from a, to have a Hall of Fame quarterback mention that about you and your presence, that, that does leave a very lasting impression. So that's that's great to hear. But guys, that's going to do it for this one. That is training camp day nine for us. Let us know your thoughts on everything we mentioned. Is there anything else that you wanted to hear about? Thank you guys again so much for the continued support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.